Hey guys, welcome to A Heart to Heart with Sammy E. And Meg. Hey, we are here doing our next season on The Beloved Bride. The church, the bride of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's talk. Let's All do right, this. All right, let's do it. What's up, Sammy? Hi. Hi. How's it going? It's going well. It's good to see you. How's your end of summer life? How is it? Um, Would we classify this as end of summer? I think we're going okay. there. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's it's just like rattling along. Like it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. How yeah. about yours? Um, it's been good. It's uh, finally chilling out. July was wild. That was insane. Your, yes. Your go time. Yep. And so now we've got a couple trips left and then hopefully an opening of a church building sometime soon. So just things like that. Yeah. So it'll be good. What's your next trip? Um, we're going back to Holland, Michigan, but we're taking my family this time. Okay. So we're taking my parents and my sister, her husband, and their two kids. So wow. yeah, showing them everywhere we enjoy going. Good. So, yeah. Yeah. I already sent my sister a link. Because we're staying in Saugatuck, so it's south of Holland. Okay. Um, but they have these dune rides that are super, super fun. So, like, this big old truck that's been refitted with, like, bench seats all through it. And you go up and down, like, cool. the dunes, the living dunes. So, yeah. So, it's I'm just making a mental cool. note of, like, when I want to know where to go and what to do, I can look back at this season, episode one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Put on uh, your list, St. Joseph, Michi Michigan. It okay. is not far from here at all. Okay. Wonderful beach day area. Thank so you. You're welcome. Thank you. I live to serve. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, cool. So what are we doing this season? What are we doing? We are delving into a subject that is very, I think, near and dear to the heart of God mm -hmm. and talking about the beloved bride, oh, the bride of Christ. That's awesome. So the church then, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So what all names <laughs> are clarify. there for the, for the bride of Christ, the church? The body of Christ. The body of Christ. Um, that's all I know. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yep. Those are the big three, I think. Yeah. So if we refer to the body of Christ, uh -huh. the bride of Christ, or the bride, or the church, or the big C church, we're talking about the Christian church as a whole, right? Yeah. Not a specific yeah, building or... We should stay meeting. there. Yeah. That's a good thought. Yeah. I like that idea. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So <laughs> we've clarified that. That's good. Yeah. So what's your church background like? Like how long have you been in church? So on and so forth. Church history for me, uh, pretty consistent all through my life, but at very different experiences. Um, a lot of different denominational experiences all through my life. Yours? Yeah, yeah same. About, about, well, not like wildly different denominational experiences. They're all pretty like conservative as far as like spiritual gift type things and stuff like that. So, um, my parents prioritized, you know, having us in church. So, yeah. um, we, I can't, really remember a time where we didn't really have a home church and we're serving and that kind of thing. So yeah. Man, we're blessed, you know? Oh yeah. The, I'm, I know we get pros and cons to everything, but to have been in a, a culture and in a, um, a country and a place where we can just go and experience the Lord, the best that people know. Yeah. That's absolutely. a big deal. That is a big deal for yeah, sure. We grew yeah. up with that. That's yeah. Awesome. And feeling comfortable enough to confidently go you know yeah. like that's that's wonderful like I I feel like I take that for granted much more than I should yeah. you know yeah. so yeah how often do you go 
to a church building and experience church. What's your church life like like right now? Uh, pretty committed. <laughs> <laughs> so so well put. Yeah, pretty committed. So I'm there um, Saturday nights, Sunday mornings. That's when all of our services are at our church. We go to church together, by the way. If yes. you're listening and don't know this, yes. me and Sammy go to church together. So um, I'm there, yeah, usually Saturday nights, Sunday mornings for all five services. So um, committed. Yeah. Do you ever not go? Uh, if we are on a trip, like a seven, like a week long trip, we don't only usually take one of those a year. Um, or if like I'm sick or something, yeah. like I'll usually, I used to be way less, um, okay with missing church because I was sick mm-hmm. than I am now. Yeah. Like, you know, post pandemic life, you're like, okay, stay home if you're sick, you yeah. know, like that yeah. kind of thing. Fair. Nobody wants it. You probably feel better staying home yeah. and resting anyway. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I live. How about you? <laughs> yeah, are you committed as well? <laughs> there was a time. Yeah, um, I've not been as consistent in the church building. I haven't. Um, my kids are doing soccer a lot, and my husband is, of course, a pastor, and so he has to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I am all things transportation a yeah. lot of the time on the weekends. Um, yeah, because you guys do a lot of traveling with soccer, right? We do. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not terribly consistent when soccer is going on. I usually try to hit at least one service, but there are several weeks in a row sometimes where I don't. And you know what? I love seeing you when you're there. Yeah. <laughs> and I miss you when you're not. So <laughs> just so you know, I even yeah. see you like weekly here, and I'm still like, oh, I wish Samantha was here, but Aww. I hope they're having a good time. Thank you. you. Know? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So um, do you feel like you, given your season right now, because mm-hmm. there have been seasons, right, where you were like there every time the doors were open and that kind of yes. thing. Yeah. So given your season now and like how things are moving and working with soccer and like kids and everything, do you feel like you can experience the church outside of like the building? Absolutely. Yeah. I love I, our times I together, hear, Meg. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I um, want to hear like some of those ways. I mean, family for me, the Lord comes up a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, um, encouraging people or being encouraged. Uh, I find a lot of people in the soccer world that I end up talking to. Like just yesterday, I was talking to a gentleman down at a training facility and just you know, the church in my mind is an experience where you acknowledge God mm. and you acknowledge him in your life and it's a part of your world. And so it comes out. So I, it's fun when I find other Christians though, in the soccer world, yeah, you know, or in a job world or things like that, where it's, it's very, it's very uh, encouraging and uplifting. Yeah. 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 Because like, I think that the church exists outside of like a given weekend or service time right. like how could it not you know right. if we're committed to this um for lack of a better term religion or mm-hmm. you know way mm-hmm. of life or christianity like if we're committed to it then commitment means more than more than just service times yes. so i love that you get a chance to connect with people and yeah. stuff that's awesome we also have our life group that we yeah. do yeah we do so we find good opportunity there to fellowship and grow. That's been something that's really been a blessing in my world. Um, 
is there any other place that you have that you're like, you know, this is church in me, to me? Um, sometimes it's just like I could even be alone and still experience it, you mm-hmm. know, um, like just certain moments where I feel like the spirit's speaking to me through either music or something that I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a growth there now there's spiritual growth and then there's like spiritual growth that turns into action. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where the church resides is like the action kind of part of it. Huh. You know, the community, the action bit of it. Tell me more. Yeah. So like, um, I think God could have, just said, okay, get on with your bad self on your spiritual growth. Okay. Read your Bible, you know, pray to me, like listen to music. Like it doesn't have to be a sure. community experience. You don't have to serve people. You don't have to do whatever. You don't have to evangelize like that kind of thing. Okay. And he could have done that, but he didn't. He gave us the church to be, to be, to be his hands and feet, you know, to be the body, to uh-huh. outreach and to, care for people and to lift each other up and to be present and that kind of thing. Okay. So, um, those are kind of the moments that I see it like in my personal, like isolated time. If I see, I see the church reflected most when I feel spurred to action, that kind of thing. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Makes you want to do something with it. Yeah, exactly. And like, even if it's just a Facebook comment, like someone says something and you either say you're praying for them, like, okay, for example, so in a, a friendship that I have, she is struggling with a job right, right. now. Um, and it's just like Sunday scaries every time that she gets ready to go to work and she has a long drive and those feelings get pent up and she mm. just emotionally overwhelmed. Right. So she texts me the other morning and asks for prayer um, just for her spirit to be calm, for her to feel peace and to be able right. to do her job well. Right. So, um, I typed out a prayer for her and I put a reminder in my phone to pray for her every hour of that day. And so that was a chance to outwork the church responsibility wow. in real life, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. So it doesn't have to be far off. It doesn't have to be like this big, huge production monumentous thing, you know, yeah. like, it can be as simple as sending a text to a friend or, you know, that kind of thing. That's so good. yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Okay. So why do you like, there's, there's a lot of things like we've talked about with this and what it looks like and that kind of thing. But like, why, why do you care? <laughs> why, <laughs> why is this something that's near to your heart? Like, why do you, why do you care about the church? You know, I think, what are your thoughts? Do you have a thought already on this? Mm. I I feel like there is the before times why I cared and then the current times why I care. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I do. So I in the before that. times, <laughs> um, I, I cared about the church in the before times because... It was, it was a way of social validation. So like I was able to, uh, I'm bent to, to be a helper. Like that's kind of my personality. Um, so I found my identity in 
a place where who will accept my help at every turn. Like, you know, like that was huge there. So I cared about the church in the before times because of how it validated me and my personality. You know what I'm saying? And now that there's after times means that the before times didn't work. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, um, I think there was an, um, opportunity for growth. That's so well said, Meg. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Do you have a before times and after times? What about in between times? I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Why do I care about the church? Um, I definitely I think that the the little baby years in Christianity is how I would put it. The mm. everything is about me and how I get fed, how I get to experience God, how I get to feel love from other people, how I get to come in and just be warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what church was. And then church wasn't that <laughs> and um Wow, what a big shift. But God, I think just he wants us to keep growing mm-hmm. and maturing. And in doing so, you you grow up from being a baby Christian and everything's about you and the church to serving and giving of yourself. And then you realize, wow, I was serving and giving for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's just all gets flushed out, you know, and things become more clear that the why for the church is because it's his beloved. Mm -hmm. It's his beloved bride. It's his cherished one. And it's not, it's not what you thought it was, you know, but it's something much bigger and much more special. Yeah. Yeah. You talking about like life cycle of things. It makes me think of like in my teenage years, right? Uh I was very ideal, like driven, like the ideal was the best. Right. 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 So like I had my timeline, I had things that I wanted to accomplish. I had ideas about how the world should work and those kind of things. And as those things kind of were tested and fell apart, I also impacted people with me applying my ideals to them. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, um, if you apply that to like, Christians growing up and learning, like getting stuck in the teenage years where you're applying your ideals to other people. Like, I'm sure that's space for, for hurt, you know? And so are you, are you saying your ideals are your expectations? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Like, um, thinking about like, um, yeah, idealized expectations, not realistic expectations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. S- is there, um, a way that you would say that you've, you've had to process your expectations or your ideals within the church. Is there a way that you did that, that was healthy or unhealthy? Like what, what's your experience with that? Um, I feel like I haven't had too much church drama in my life. Um, just, I think I grew through some like teaching that I thought was let like more bondage and less freedom, you know, okay. like I had to process through that, but I didn't really, I wasn't really aware of that until like, until later, you know, okay. like I didn't realize coming to that realization, it made me realize, Oh, that was hurt back there, but it wasn't hurt now. I feel like I don't 
I don't have a, a, there was one moment, but I was like in teenage years, like I didn't really have an awareness of the entire like scope of the situation or the Uh seriousness of it or anything like that. So like processing it, I, I think my sister had to process more than I did, you know? So we, we talked about that just recently, like how she processed through it. And, um, it, it took her away from church for a while just because of the expectations she had for leadership that were not fulfilled, you know, um, that were, um, they weren't unrealistic expectations. You know, you expect your leaders to be upright and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But like, it drove her to think that, you know, if this is the church, I don't want anything to do with it, you know? And I totally see that, you know, like I can see how that could impact someone at that level. Um, me personally, I have been able to kind of avoid major hurt, hurt. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's something about me that you should know. I diminish my experiences to make them more palatable for myself and others. (laughs) Now, you know, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Tell me your side of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me like have some flashbacks and you talk, you talk for a second. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Uh, how about, how have I processed hurt? Um, so yeah, I think this is kind of the same way that we talked through it. I processed hurt originally as a little girl, a little baby, and it was all about me and I was just offended. Hmm. And then I grew up some and then hurt would come and I would kind of fight through it. You know, like I'm staying like, even if there's relational qualms within me, like it doesn't matter. I love Jesus. And then, you know, scriptures will speak. And then we like, you know, if your brother has a problem with you, you should go to the altar yeah. before you go to the altar in worship. Like you need to go make it right with them. So then I would try to figure out my role in the relationships of the church, you know, mm-hmm. and each level has just got me more and more freedom from to the place where a lot more I just let people be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the difference is I think if people do or don't hurt you, the reason for going and being a part of the church and being in those relationships and being in those spaces, it's just because it becomes bigger than you. Yeah. And that's the only way that I know to get through hurt. You know, I mean, I've, I've spoken about church hurts with my husband quite a few times. Um, it's both ways, but every time I think the, the steps toward, I want to grow with God. Yeah. You know, I want, I want him, I want his presence and I want to love the way that he loves and the hurts are real, but God is bigger. And that doesn't mean that you know, that I have to be walked on, but I'm going to keep moving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It actually reminds me of how, um, how I, me and Zach deal with conflict within marriage, you know? Okay. Um, early on when we were doing pre-marriage counseling, there was like, we did a couple things. We did this book called saving your marriage before it starts, which is awesome. I love that thing. And then we did counseling with my former pastor and, um, part of his thing was, you know, just basically communication, like communication coaching. So like keeping short accounts and 
bringing something up and feeling open, like open communication between each other, you know, that kind of thing. So like processing through hurt means you do go to your brother and you say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this. And I just want to communicate to you. Like, can we pray together? Like, I know God heals things and like, Mm -hmm. regardless of how you're feeling about it, like, Mm -hmm. I just want to touch base with you, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so processing that hurt, it should be relationally redemptive, right? Like you should be restoring something when you process that hurt. Yeah. You know? But the thing about the church is interesting because marriage, it is so beautiful because you find each other a lot. Yeah. You know? But in the church, like you can have some issue or relational qualm with somebody. I don't even know why I'm using that word, but it's a fun one. (laughs) I don't even know if it fits, but whatever. No, it's great. (laughs) It's wonderful. Uh, But... Like you cannot see that person for a long time, you know, yeah. especially as the church gets bigger. Yeah. And you just realize how petty things can be mm-hmm. that can hold your heart and just maturing just lets you be like, you know what? Because in the past it's like, oh, I want to resolve everything with my spouse and we're going to get through this and that and we're going to talk through it. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing the other side to yep. you. No, I like it. Um, But then comes the gosh I'm just incredibly oversensitive (laughs) and I am making this way too big of a deal oh I'm the problem like you Mm -hmm. know yeah so I feel like there's both parts like in a a mature Christian walk there's there's relationships where you're you have to treat it where you have good communication Mm -hmm. and you just resolve it and there's other relationships where you're like man I just need to grow up and stop being so baby about that like get over it you know yeah and just learning those boundaries with Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. because there there's relationships in all these different levels yeah that are some are close some are kind of close some are kind of distant some are just distant yeah and so just loving your brother no matter where they're at in that that um tier of of what kind of person it is in your life yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah i like to think of um the something I heard the other day, I think it was from Zach. He was talking about heavy conversations. Oh, yeah. That's and a good so way to put it. having heavy conversations can only rest on the bridge, the mm. how strong the bridge of relationship is. So like if the bridge isn't going to take your 10,000 pound, you know, yeah. load of a conversation, then you probably have to build a relationship before that That's can be addressed. Really it's good. So Did good, he right? come up with that? No, he heard uh. it at a conference. But <laughs> the fact that he passed it on to me, I like that. It's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 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 So yeah, um, I've, I've tried to carry some things on some some flimsy <laughs> bridges. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. Yeah. Same. Big same. Especially in those Facebook comments, those bridges are so flimsy. <laughs> like I'll tell you, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Oh. So what do you think most causes hurt in church? Like within the body of Christ, like what do you think causes that? Uh I mean, I think you said it earlier with expectations. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They're ideals or ideas that it's funny, I'll talk with my kids and I'll be like, You understand it that way because that's how you process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And there's just all these different people in a church that process so different than we do. Yeah. And then we can put our expectations on them to think like we do and wow, get offended. So definitely 
those expectations being unmet is I think a huge reason for hurts that I've experienced for sure. And I have to weigh my expectations. Like you were talking about, like, am I just being really sensitive about this? Like, is this something, is this an expectation that's actually scriptural or something that I've just kind of decided, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) You can definitely look to the word and prove a point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I can find proof text for anything. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe let's look at a couple of scriptures. Okay. And just, I know we've talked about our own personal church story. Yeah. But, um, you know, scripturally, where, where do we land and what can we look for in the church? Okay. Uh, Acts 2, uh, 44 through 47. Could you read that for us? Yes. I love this one. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceed, proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Now that's an ideal. What? (laughs) (laughs) For real. (laughs) Wow. Huh. That's so beautiful. Yeah. All right, another scripture. I'm going to yeah, have you read yeah. since I sound the way that I do. Oh, you <laughs> My sound congestion. Fine. Um, Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. This was one that I liked as well. Yeah, Can yeah. you read that for me? Yeah. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Boy, that was a lot. (laughs) There's a lot of connection words there. (laughs) A lot of connection words. I love it. I love knitting, by the way. So the the idea of the body being knit together, it's it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, that's in my processing. I just, I love how you're saying like it connects us to God. Mm -hmm. There's just such an important connection to God that is necessary, but it also is required then that we are knit together with what every other joint supplies. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's no way to get around the fact that the body is all connected to itself. Every aspect is connected and then all those parts are also connected to the head and just, you can't get away from it. So let's embrace it. Yeah. You know, let's acknowledge the value and what God must be wanting to do and the power that is available through those healthy connections. Yeah. 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 But we have these scriptures, Meg. Yeah. And they just sound fantastic. <laughs> they do. Don't you know, they? They're just, wow. You, you're working together. You're yeah. building things together. You're nobody's missing or lacking anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got favor with each other and with God. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to our subject matter of what happened and how did I get hurt? And what is it that would keep us from this beautiful story in mm. Acts? You know? Yeah. What are your thoughts? Hmm. Are they worth it? Or even then, how do we get past it? Like how, how do we go from the reality of hurts and expectations in church to these types of realities? I think there's a lot of surrender that needs to happen, you know, um, as individuals and collectively, 
you know? Okay. Um, I've seen hints of, cause like, I don't think, I used to think that the church was mostly getting it wrong. You know, mm. like the the American church, you know, that's whatever. Um, I, I felt like it was mostly getting it wrong and hurting people and really impacting people. And that is true. It is hurting people sometimes. And some people receive things that they never asked for and they don't deserve and mm. they need mm-hmm. a community rallying around them. But I actually have especially through the small group that we've been doing, like I've seen the, the beautiful things at the church, you know, like it's not, I I feel like it's so easy to get into a critical spirit when you see injustice happening to people and see people hurting and like that kind of thing. But I feel like you see more of what you look for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I want to acknowledge the problems and the hurts but I also want to keep my eyes open for the beauty that we see in Acts 2. Like, I don't think it's, some people would say it's really far off for us, but I don't think it's that far off. Mm. Like, I think we could, we could get there as a church, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I've seen, like, just a random group of women come together, get in the Word together, and like talk about their personal experiences and right. really search for the character of God. And as a result of that time spent together, they now care a little bit more about each other and the, each other's thoughts. Right. And then they're concerned about the person's p- personal life and they're praying right. for the person's personal life and right. like lifting others up, you know, like that kind of thing. So like I can see it. I can see it being possible mm-hmm. right now, you right. know? Right. It's just a matter of... I. Th- I mean, we did an episode on personal responsibility, right? Yeah. So I think there's something there, right? Yes. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. The the place that the church has and the possibilities, you have to acknowledge how big it is, Mm -hmm. but it is such a tender spot. And I think that's what we want to talk about, you know, just as we continue forward, being ready to say, this is such a big deal. Mm -hmm. It has so much potential and so much power available but we we want to head into that space together yeah i'm excited for it let's do it all right meg tell me a story something from your past in the church world that Uh, we would enjoy oh delightful okay i have a little (laughs) anecdote okay so at my former former church i was there for 15 years my dad was really, really involved in leading the puppet team. There was okay. another lady who led it too, but he was very, very involved in it. And so by consequence, my family was involved in it. Yeah. So yeah. we would have a puppet season where we would have three or four months around the summer where we would travel different places oh. and on a puppet show. But before that, we would do rehearsals. Okay. And before that, we would build the props and buy the puppets. Oh my and gosh. before that, we would go to a puppet convention. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was a whole world. I'm not going to lie. So um, the one thing, so we first came to that church, got involved with the puppet team. And this is the only thing I'll tell you about it. So there were, we would do songs like with props and stuff. But then between the songs, we would do these little skits. And so there was one skit that me and my dad did that we became church famous for. Not 
any other church but right, our church. Right, but, right. you know, our yeah. church of 200 people, we yeah. became church famous. So it was, the song was called Beep Beep. Okay, I'm ready. And it's, it basically tells a story of a guy driving down a road with a little car behind him just beep beeping like the whole time and how frustrated <laughs> he was getting. And so me and my dad come out from behind and every time like the song would say beep beep I would honk a horn on like a little oh my a little foam like steering wheel that I had and my dad <laughs> would jump and look back at me and like all this stuff right so um anyway we did that for like a whole season it was one of our skits and then it just came back almost every year at the church show by popular demand so it was very fun Aww. and at the very end um he turned around and had a honk if you love Jesus sign on the on his back. <laughs> so that was why I was honking. <laughs> so so I thought that was, yeah, that was so fun. That's Just fun. a really good memory. So oh, fun. Very good. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Thanks. Thank you for listening to A Heart to Heart with Sammy yeah. and Meg. We're so glad you join us every single week. If you would like to join the conversation, we would love to hear from you. Leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to A Heart to Heart. Also, if you want to join us on Instagram, our handle is at a heart to heart pod. We just love talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. See you next week. All right. Bye, guys.